Well, we go from a four game slate, sadly, to a showdown slate, but still big money up top, 100K to first, still money to be made. So, uh, in this video, we'll be breaking out the showdown slate between Boston and the Atlanta Hawks. Welcome, guys. My name is DK. I cover content for DraftKings and for Prize Picks. Prize Picks, they are the sponsor. If you're not on Prize Picks, you can use the code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. I'll have a link down below. Basically, it's a player prop site. They have every single sport you can think of. You're building out slips with player props, like two, three, four, five, up to six uh, props in one slip. If you hit all six, you can win up to 25 extra money. A lot of different ways you can play. If you want to give it a try, again, code DKDFS, 100% match up to $100. Okay, so let's recap my lineup here tonight. So tonight, we'll see. Um, there were some uh, chalk bust, but also I hit on a couple really low-owned smash plays. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where, where I finish. But um, the two low-owned uh, spend-ups that I was all over today in GPPs were John Morant and De'Aaron Fox. John Morant, in a massive blowout, still goes for almost 60 at no ownership. And De'Aaron Fox, no one wanted him. No one. Uh, everyone was scared of the finger. Obviously, I knew that was a risk. But I was like, hey, at this ownership, at that price point, in this matchup, you better believe I'm going to fire that up. 35 for Fox at half. So um, the chalk bust, obviously, Tillman, massive chalk and high stakes, as he should have been. Got a bit unlucky. Just couldn't. He missed like three open layups. Also, ownership has been way, way off in the playoffs. I've been talking about it a lot. Projections have just been way off across the industry. Um, all projection sites had Mitchell Robinson to be massive chalk. He ended up being low-owned, and Tillman was the guy that ended up being at massive chalk and high stakes. Um, I think people saw that ownership were like, oh, Tillman's the much better play. Well, sure enough, again, so Robinson um, was projected to be chalk, wasn't that popular, but of course you get the Randall injury, so he goes crazy. That, that tilts me because I was not on Mitchell Robinson at that ownership. Um, and then Dylan Brooks, I mean, how did the faders know? I literally haven't shot a basketball in like a year, and I could make more shots than that. He's wide open three after wide open three. I just want to know how the faders knew. How did they know? My question. Um, so, yeah, Brooks, massive chalk, Tillman, massive chalk. They were both bust, but again, about 50% each. Um, Wiggins, I played a low ownership. He's solid. A heart. Um, how did the faders know in 47 minutes that he would go for less than a fancy point per, or less than half a fancy point per minute? How did you guys know that? And then Karis LeVert, I ate that chalk. Uh, he was good. And then I played a low on Grayson Allen, um, who's having a solid uh, day. Midway through the third has 18 and a half fantasy points. Right now, I'm kind of hovering around the cash line. I know Giannis is very popular. Um, I would prefer this game to blow up. Looking like the Heat are going to keep it competitive. So I think I'll have a chance to cash in tournaments, even with a couple busts, because of low-owned Ja and because of low-owned Deer and Fox going crazy in the first half. So that's the recap there. Uh, for prize picks, if Wiggins goes over his, his fantasy score prop, I'll actually have a very profitable day. If Jimmy Butler goes under his points, he'll be 5-3. and three. Um, So we'll see how that ends up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the recap of everything. And uh, let's get into the showdown slate. So let's be uh, a, a lot more. The showdown slates and smaller slates are a lot more game theory, and ownership is way, way more important on sites like this. Um, but we'll start off with Boston. So I brought up the uh, rotation for both these teams two games ago because last game DeJounte Murray was out so um the Boston Celtics have basically been running an eight-man rotation throughout the playoffs I mean two games ago you saw like a minute for Muscala and like a minute for Grant Williams um last game you saw like a few minutes for Blake Griffin but I just have no confidence that those guys see the court so um the guys that should see the court are obviously being starting five plus Rob Williams Brogdon and a little bit of Sam Hauser so with the top two you got Tatum at 11-2 Brown at 9-4 
I think factoring in price, Jalen Brown looks a little bit more optimal. Um, but I mean, it's close. And, and can you play both these guys in the showdown? Yeah, you can. You, if you think Boston like routes Atlanta, you can definitely go that route. I mean, these two are going to play close to 40 minutes each. And with Brown being about $2,000 cheaper, I think he's slightly more optimal. But Tatum does have the higher floor, higher ceiling, in my opinion. Um, so it's not like I, I dislike Tatum. I just think if you're looking at price and who is a little bit more optimal, I would say Brown is slightly more optimal with a $2,000 discount. Um, but yeah, no real like super strong takes with those two guys at the top. Now, where it's going to come down to ownership for me, and this is really important. I've been you know hammering this home all season long. With these Celtics guards, I am going to go, like, I always am going to go to the lower-owned one. So, you have White, you have Smart, you have Brogdon. All in kind of a similar range. Throughout the season, you know, there's usually one guy that gets a lot of ownership, and I'm like, all right, if, if someone's out, like, just go to the lower-owned option. It's made me a lot of money this year. It made me a lot of money. So, with White, with Smart, with Brogdon, I think all three look pretty similar. You know, the minutes... Are a little bit more secure on white and smart. Um, Brogdon, though, is the cheapest. He has the least secure minutes, but again, he's coming in at a little bit of a, a cheaper price point. So if all three guys are similar ownership tomorrow, then it's like, all right, it's going to be kind of just like what fits in my lineup. But if there's one of these guards that's going to get way less ownership than the other two, then that's the guy I'm going to look to play. So it's really going to be an ownership thing for me with these guards with White, Smart, and Brogdon. Hopefully the ownership projections are close uh, to right because they have been way off all playoffs. Um, but yeah, with White, Smart, Brogdon, again, that's kind of my take. Um, I am going to prefer whoever is the lowest owned of this group. With the bigs, Al Horford, I think, is very safe. He should see low to mid-30s minutes, a guy that can stuff the stat sheet. Now, obviously, you can't expect five blocks and a steal like you want for last game, but he's a pretty safe play. Um, whereas like the guards, you know, it's a, it's a little bit tougher to figure out who it's going to be that has the big game on a night-to-night basis, but these guards have the higher ceiling than Horford. I think Horford's a little safer. And then Rob Williams' minutes have ticked up a bit last couple games, 29 and 27 minutes. If he's going to continue to play those type of minutes, then I like Rob Williams. But if you get the game where he plays like 19 minutes or like low 20s, then not so much. So those minutes have fluctuated a little bit, but they have ticked up of late. And then Sam Hauser is the only other guy I'm confident will see rotation minutes. He'll probably see low teens. I don't think it's worth it. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Like, you might see a minute out of, like, one of these guys. Maybe Grant Williams plays a minute or Blake Griffin plays a minute. But probably not for me. I'll talk about a strategy at the very end. We've been talking about this in my showdown videos on Patreon. But I'll bring it up at the end how, you know, possibly taking, like, a zero on a site like this could be in play. Um, so let's move on to Atlanta. Atlanta got Trey Young at 10-8. John Murray's back at 8-6. Um, you know, must-win game for Atlanta. Trey Young played the entire second half last game, 44 minutes. I think he's going to play around 40 minutes. And um, yeah, he's really been turning it on uh, of late. So I like Trey a good amount at the top. I think DeJounte Murray is it's close. It's similar to like Tatum and Brown, where I think Murray is slightly the more optimal play, but I like the ceiling more of Trey Young. And Murray, 8-6. He's been playing around 40 minutes. Um, he's a guy, again, that can stuff the stat sheet. So both the Atlanta guards look good. I think the ceiling obviously is higher on Trey, though. And I think both guards will play around 40 minutes. 
Now, in the mid-range, you have DeAndre Hunter at 6'6". Feels a little bit pricey, but also he's playing huge minutes. And he's been up and down. Like, if you just look at the four or the five games so far, 18, then 38, then 14, then 43, then 19. So it's like, what DeAndre Hunter game we're going to get? If he shoots really well, we have seen that ceiling from him. So not saying he's out of play. I just think he's more of a contrarian option for me at that price point. Bogdanovich, with both guards healthy, should lose minutes. But if they're playing from behind, he could see a little bit more run. Um... I think like a fair projection for his minutes is low to mid 20s, which makes him a reasonable option. Um, so no real like super strong takes on him. Now the bigs, Capella don't come. So my take in the stream last slate was I just did not want to play Chalk Capella. Capella was Chalk. I said, don't play Chalk Capella. He was a massive bust. I mentioned that like, all right, since Capella is going to be Chalk, you want to leverage your large field tournaments, just go to an unowned Okongwu who sure, most of the time Capella is going to close, but there, there are games where Okongwu closes and number one, if Chalk Capella fails, that's that's good for you. And number two, if you get low on Okongu seeing extended minutes, that's a great way to leverage it, right? And that happened. That literally happened last slate of Okongu closed and had a really solid game for his price point, and Master Chalk Capella was a huge bust. Now, you got 5-2 for Capella and 4-6 for Okongu. I'll basically say the same thing. Um, unless, like, well, okay, so if there's similar ownership, then I'm going to prefer Capella. But if Capella's going to be like way, way, way more popular than Okongwu, then it's that same argument I made last slate where it's like, all right, then you can start, you know, making that uh, argument to go to Okongwu over Capella in tournaments. So most of the time, Capella will close, and most of the time, Capella will play high 20s minutes. But there are games where Okongwu plays really well and they close with him. So another one where it kind of will come down to ownership. If Capella is just like a little bit more popular than Okongwu, then I'm obviously going to prefer him. If Capella is like 5x the ownership of Okongwu, then I'm more willing to go to Okongu. Um, and that's why I said the game theory, ownership, like it's really, really important in sites like this, as in the small sites, especially showdown sites. John Collins, I mean, he finally had a decent shooting game, went for 29 fancy points. He's been pretty bad outside of that one game. Um, I think he's a fine contrarian play, should play 25 to 30 minutes. Um, and then uh, you got Sadiq Bay at 4 4. Should see, I, I think, low 20s minutes. He played 21 minutes two games ago when he had a fully healthy team. Um, his production's been up and down as well, so not a play I love. And then Jalen Johnson probably plays a little bit last game with, with everyone fully healthy. He only played six minutes. Um, he'll be productive if he's if he's on the court, but I don't know how much they'll play him here in a must-win game, and I don't think you see anyone else on the court. So let's quickly talk through that strategy that I mentioned of, like, taking a zero. So let's just go through uh, like some combinations. Okay, so... Let's just say, all right, we're going to take a zero and plug in, I don't know, say any random 1K guy. So, like, would a 1K guy and, I don't know, we'll say Malcolm Brogdon. That's what, like 7K? Would you rather have Malcolm Brogdon and basically taking a zero, right? That's like 7K. Or would you rather have, let's see, um, Jalen Johnson and Sneak Bay, right? That's like 7K. Would you rather have Johnson and Bay or Brogdon? And that's where you can like start like, like all right, like maybe Brogdon can outscore both those guys, right? Um, so you can possibly take a zero on a side like this because the value is not really there, right? Um, like the, the cheapest guy that I'm confident will we'll see like a rotation minute will either be Johnson or Hauser, and they're not going to play much. And then you get into like the four and five K range. So you can realistically consider that where you just 
take a zero on a showdown. Um, that worked uh, a couple sites ago. And actually, I mentioned it with Austin Rivers, and two people took down because of it a thousand and ten thousand dollars. So, um, yeah, that's the that's gonna wrap it up for the team by team breakdown. Again, I wanted to, to mention that strategy though. And again, just game theory is way more important on showdown slates, small slates in general. But, um, yeah, like I said, that's gonna wrap it up for the video. I'm gonna go watch the second half of the Kings Warriors game. Yeah, if, if you guys happen to join, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Really appreciate the support as always. And we'll see you all in the next one.